That's right. The story of David is both inspiring and encouraging. It inspires us to, to step up in our faith as we look at, at the incredible ways in which he served God. And, and it's encouraging in the fact that we see a David that is very human, that struggles with similar things that we struggle with and encourages us in, in our battle. We're in a series this month that we have called A Life Shaped by God, Stories from the Life of David. And I know that God has been speaking to you as Pastor Orlando and Pastor Marcus have been preaching in my absence and that he'll speak to you today. Specifically today, we're talking about facing our giants. And I know that you can guess which story we're gonna be looking at today. Especially as we honor dads today, we, we realize that dads often face giants and, and they do so with courage and, and we want to recognize that, we want to acknowledge that. So let's just jump into our story. First Samuel chapter 17, beginning with verse 32, uh, we see this story uh, of David and it reads like this, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. You know that at this time, uh, Israel is at war with the Philistines and they are camped out on opposing sides and, and there's a valley in the middle and this champion named Goliath, by the way, the word champion in the Bible means someone who always wins. And this champion named Goliath shows up and he defies the army of Israel. And he says, if any of you will come out and fight one-on-one -on -one with me and defeats me, then we'll consider it a victory for Israel. The Philistines will serve you. And, and I don't know how you would feel if you were right there at that moment as part of the army of Israel, how you would feel if this giant would come and make this challenge toward you. But the king of Israel, Saul, the Bible says, was dismayed and was discouraged when he, when he heard these words. He was terrified. Goliath, Goliath spoke and behaved in a manner that was intimidating and it paralyzed them with fear. Imagine for 40 days, morning and evening, Goliath had shown up and had told the army of Israel, is there any one of you valiant, courageous enough to fight me? Who will take me on? For 40 days, that's 80 times morning and evening. And the army of Israel sat there paralyzed. What an incredible force fear is, isn't it? Have you ever been afraid? Have you ever been terrified? David was not a soldier in Saul's army. He, he was too young. He was the youngest of his family and, and his three older brothers had gone on to, to battle, but, but David had stayed back taking care of his father's sheep. He was doing the menial task and, and one day his father Jesse said, David, why don't you take some grilled cheese sandwiches to your brothers on the battlefield? Take some bread and cheese. And, and he showed up in the battlefield and he, he saw this thing where, where the army of Israel was scared and they were terrified. And he said, why are you guys so afraid of us? So they told him about the giant and, 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 and he figured out what was going on. He's a little boy, he's a delivery boy, but instead of responding in the same kind of fear as the rest of the army did, he is inquiring about how to engage the giant. And his brothers are furious. They, they are annoyed with him. They say, who do you think you are, you punk? 
You're not even a soldier. You haven't trained for battle. You don't understand what you're talking about. But you know what? David didn't let Goliath or his brothers intimidate him. He was there, and he was there with confidence. So let's talk about how he faced this giant. Four things I want to share with you that I think you can apply to your lives as dads, as grandfathers, as, as moms. The first one is you notice that David assessed his giant proportionately. He says the challenge in front of him from the perspective of faith. There was no reason to be afraid, he thought. See, Saul informs David that Goliath was a, an experienced warrior and, and that David was just a young man. There are two different perspectives here. Same giant, but Saul sees the giant as, as somebody that's, uh, that is invincible. And David sees him as someone that he can take on. Anytime you have a challenge in your life, please know that there'll be different perspectives. People will think different opinions about what is going on, but the one thing that you need to know is what is the perspective of faith in your situation when you face your challenges? David didn't ignore the fact that Goliath was a big man. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 17 that Goliath was nine feet, nine inches tall. Think about that for a moment. Think about the tallest NBA player. We saw the NBA finals this week, right? Think about the tallest NBA player and add a couple of feet to that. It's a big guy. Bible says that his armor weighed 125 pounds. That's probably more than David weighed. He had a giant spear and, and the tip of the spear was made out of iron and, and just the tip weighed 15 pounds. This is a big guy. And David doesn't ignore the size and the might of the giant. He's well aware of the challenge in front of him, but his faith allows him to have perspective. What are your giants? Is your giant a habit that you haven't been able to overcome? Is your giant a diagnosis that the doctor gave you of cancer or some kind of terminal disease? Is your giant taking care of aging parents and it's becoming more difficult every day? Is your giant as a dad trying to raise godly children in an ungodly world? Is your giant dealing with a wayward child or maybe with a father who doesn't know Jesus and refuses to come to faith? Whatever your giant is today, you can acknowledge the size and the nature of the difficulty. You don't have to ignore it. But when you acknowledge what you're facing, do it proportionately. Remember that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Remember that it might seem overwhelming, but it is not beyond the reach of God. Remember God's word. I'm gonna be showing you testimonies throughout the message. There'll be several, so, so I hope you don't get tired of them, of people in the Philippines that we minister to, pastors and leaders. And this first one is from a young pastor by the name of Rick, who, who pastors a church with an indigenous people group in the mountains, and then their little church that's already remote is trying to reach even more remote areas. So listen to his testimony. What are the challenges that face your ministry? There's, uh, there's so many challenges. Uh, maybe I will uh, highlight the, the uh, difficulty in uh, reaching out those people, those villages uh, outside our barangay, especially in the mountainous part where uh, no, no vehicle can, can go there. So uh, one of our ministry there is uh, Dikti, we call it Tibtib Amatong, one of the villages there. We, we 
started the ministry there. And uh, the, the difficulty is uh, we have to hike the village for more than one hour. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and uh, there's, there's a little uh, uh, problem because uh, no one would uh, commit for the ministry. So there are only few uh, uh, volunteers like teachers, young people uh, to be part of that ministry because of the, the uh, distance from our place. So and at the same time, the people there are illiterate, uh, they're, they're undergraduate, elementary, and uh, they don't know how to read, they don't know how to uh, uh, understand English, so we have to uh, really make an effort to let them understand and share the gospel. Mm. So here's this young pastor that's assessing the difficulty of the challenges in front of him, but he's doing it from the perspective of faith. That's what David did. Secondly, we see in our story that David assumes his role obediently. After he assesses the might of Israel's enemy, he assumes his own role. He remembered that he was a shepherd who would protect his sheep. Look at me, look with me at verse 34, uh, as we continue our story, he says, but David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. David had a protective instinct that he had developed as a shepherd. Whenever a beast would come and threaten the life of one of his little sheep, he would step up fearlessly and he would defend the sheep he would he would not allow them to destroy the sheep he was confident in the lord the lord had delivered him time and time again and he was confident on this occasion that the same lord who had been with him when he defeated the lion and the bear will help him to defeat this giant one day david would be the king of israel he would be the shepherd protector of his people but his character is being evident now as you face your giants, you cannot allow the size of your giant to overwhelm you. You must remember your identity. You must remember who you are and the role that God has called you to fulfill in his redemptive plan. As dads, we have a role in protecting our families, don't we? We have a shepherd role. We lead and we protect even when it's risky. In fact, we protect because it is risky. We must remember that God has called us. We thank God for dads who have seen the dangers that surround their families and haven't backed down from their role as protectors who understand that God has called them to be. Whether young or old, whether weak or strong, whether experienced or inexperienced, whether you've had a good role model or whether you've had to figure it out on your own. 
I want to share more testimonies with you. There's two young ladies. One, her name is Liz. She's a college student who is a leader of the youth across her national convention there in the Philippines. And the other one, Rowena, she's a pastor of children and youth in her church. And look at the way that in spite of the limitations and difficulties they have, that they assume their role in the Great Commission. Liz and Rowena. What challenges have you faced or are you facing currently? Currently, I am facing the challenge of, um, as a youth, we are always looked look down by um, older people because we are not, in their perspective, we are not equipped. We are not, um, we don't have the talent to make disciples. But I encourage every young people to do it whenever God calls because it is our mission to be a disciple and to be a disciple maker. Amen, that's awesome. All right, thank you, Liz. Pastor Wena tayo from Barangay Tiniklan, I'm the Children and Youth Ministry of uh, uh, Good Hope Baptist Church. Uh, Pastor Rowena, uh, a question I have for you here is, how has Renew benefited your ministry? The Renew benefited the ministry or the church to what do you say? Hit it again. Um, na makaanapagid, makarich out sa mga uh, non-members and uh, unbelievers and uh, the campus ministries. We have two campus ministries: that Amuan Elementary School, the the Miris Elementary School, and two outreaches because of the renewed um, um, Tamuan and uh, Tara Tara. Young ladies taking on their churches and school campuses and ministries because they understand that God has called them to fulfill this role. What's the role that God has called you to fulfill? What is it that he's asked you to claim? What is your place in his plan? It's, it's important that you focus more on what he's called you to do than on the size of the challenge in front of you. Whether it's a protector or intercessor, whether it's a provider or being a mentor, whether it's a witness, or being a supporter, whether it is any of these things, focus your energy and your attention in faith and obedience. The third thing that David did here is he armed himself appropriately. Facing a giant requires appropriate armor, doesn't it? What kind of armor was it required to face this, this formidable enemy of the armies of Israel, this man named Goliath? Look at 1 Samuel 17, verse 38, as we continue our story. It says in verse 38, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and, bronze, and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. King Saul wanted David to have nothing less than the king's armor. So he puts on his tunic and his armor and gives him his sword. But David can't hardly walk with it. 
He, he's not a soldier, he's a little guy. He hadn't been trained for battle. He's not used to that. He's used to wearing something light out in the fields where he can run and, and chase after beasts and take care of the sheep. And, and so he takes his armor off and instead he goes and he chews five pebbles from the stream. He puts them in his little pouch and he gets a sling so he can go face the giant. Can you imagine how ridiculous that must have looked? Here is a guy that's nine feet, nine inches tall with huge arms, with, with an experienced phase of battle, with, with trash that he's talking, this armor that he's wearing, these weapons that he's holding. And there's this little David dressed like a shepherd boy with sandals and the only thing in his hand is a sling. Imagine the picture, the ridiculousness of the moment. Why would David not arm himself with the king's armor? Why would he choose what seems to be inferior weapons to those of the giant? Well, continue to read with me in verse 41. It says, meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little, little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Oh man. Oh man, David did not choose to arm himself with an inferior weapon. He just chose not to rely on someone else's weapon. He chose to rely on the weapon that he was familiar with, the God who had been with him. When he faced the lion and the bear in every challenge of his life, if his hands and his ling was good enough for God to come through, then he could trust him in this moment. You know, many of us dads love gadgets, don't we? We love our toys. We love the electronic things, the, the iPhones and the iPads and the drones that we can fly. We, we, we love to, to have cameras at the hunting lease that we can watch from our phone when the deer are moving. We, we, we love to, to have nice golf clubs and nice fishing rods and, and power tools in our garage that can make things and fix things. And, and that's good. That's part of being a guy. I, you know, this kind of thing we enjoy. They say the only difference between boys and men is the price of their toys, right? And that's all right. But you know, when it comes to facing giants, when it comes to facing our challenges, when it comes to facing the enemy, it's not about gadgets. It's not about power tools. It's about trusting in the only one that has the power to give us the victory. I, I want to share with you another testimony. We, we uh, in the 
retreats that we called Renew, we were talking to, our, to the pastors in the Philippines about strategies and methods for doing ministry, but we were saying to them, the most important thing is your personal walk with God. This is Pastor Inouye, a, a, um, a uh, seminary trained pastor who through our conferences grew in a spiritual way. Listen to his testimony. The Renew Conference uh, benefited your ministry and your church. First and foremost, um, the Renew experience has really transformed uh, me as a, as a person. Uh, I've never taken seriously uh, abide, abiding in my, in my formation as a pastor. But since I, I learned uh, Renew, since No Place Left has become uh, part of uh, me, it has really helped my my personal uh, quiet time with the Lord. It has enriched my relationship with, with my family, with my wife and my kids. And before I know it, it has uh, helped me to become a better pastor. It has enriched my relationship, my engagement with people. My leaders has become more meaningful. We have become more gracious, uh, forgiving. Uh, it's a lot of things, but uh, one thing I appreciate, uh, my inner and private time with the Lord has really enriched my uh, uh, outside ministry with my church. Thank you, Pastor. It's good to know about methods and strategies for ministry, but it's good to know that the most important armor that we can put on as pastors, as leaders, as disciple makers is the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God dwelling in us, and, and as we walk with him, we trust him. So arm yourself appropriately in your battle. Put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6 reminds us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're, the people are not our enemy. Uh, the, the challenges that we face are really not our enemy. Behind what we see, there's a spiritual force that can only be defeated with spiritual weapons. So we put on the whole armor of God, as Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 tells us. And then fourthly, you see David here, he attacked his giant confidently. Once he had assessed the challenge, he had assumed his role, he armed himself appropriately, then he attacked confidently. You see, all of your preparation, all the things you believe, all the things that you know, at the end of the day, won't matter much unless you take action. David made a decision early on to face this giant, and every step of the way, he moved forward confidently. But now the moment of truth arrived. It was time to face the giant. It was time to make a step, to take a step of confidence, and how it matters at that very moment to do the right thing. You know, in between the conferences that we taught in the Philippines, we had an opportunity to have a little leisure time uh, last weekend, and, and we went to some islands off the coast of the Philippines and we were island hopping and snorkeling and, and one of those times the, the guy took us to this cave and, and there were bats flying around in the cave and then he showed us at the bottom of the cave uh, was water and, and he said you can jump there into the water and then the way to get out is you have to swim under and you'll come out at the beach. And so the team, you know, Chad and Paolo and Sylvia and Chris uh, were with me and they all said, I'll do it. And they started climbing down and, and I was sitting there thinking, oh man, if I don't do it, I'm just gonna be called a chicken the rest of the week, right? 
So I, I'm, I'm going down this cave and looking at the water down there, thinking about how it might go and how long it will take me to swim underneath the water to come out to the beach. And, and when I get to the place where I'm about to jump off, uh, then the guy is telling me to go ahead and I said, what about all these other people? There was a whole group of people there on the landing. He said, they're still thinking about it. <laughs> and I said, if I stay here one more second, I'm gonna join them. So I, I jumped and, and I made it, I'm here, you know. It, it, it matters when the moment comes to take that step of action, you cannot freeze. You have to take the step in confident faith and, and the Lord will give you the victory. When the giant attempts to intimidate us and make us back down, we double down. And instead of retreating, we run, we attack with confidence. This is what David did, verse 48. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sang into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. What incredible courage and confidence this young David displayed. He ran quickly towards the battle line. He ran. He took one stone out of his little pouch and, and he took his sling and he sank the stone in the middle of the giant's forehead and he fell to the ground and David got the victory that day because he acted in confidence on the Lord. Regardless of how big our challenges are, regardless of how weak you might feel, how tired you might feel today, you need to move forward with confidence. The same God that was with David on that day is with you today. He has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. Even when you walk to the shadow of death, he will be with you. You cannot fear evil for his rod and his staff that will comfort you that will lead you. You will know that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You will sit in victory. The same God that was with David is with you. Jenkins Banyas is the director of evangelism and missions for the Convention of Philippine Baptist Churches. And in this testimony, he tells us about the reach of the ministry that we had there for the last five summers. Listen to what our little team from McAllen was able to do from his perspective. The Renew Conference uh, this year and in the past four benefited your ministry. Uh, and uh, it has benefited a lot. Uh, the ministry, uh, the, the churches were able to gather and mobilize themselves uh, to, for, uh, to, to be trained and be able to be part of the movement of evangelizing and discipling their respective churches and communities. Uh, we cannot really saturate everybody, but at least 80% of the uh, churches, uh, 1,000 1, churches, uh, are in one way or the other, uh, one or twice been in the renewed conference, 
where the well Calvary, Calvary Baptist Church is part of the empowerment and training of those to reach out and to disciple. It has helped a lot in the, the work that we are doing with CPBC. You know, sometimes we wondered if our team of five or 10 people from McAllen, Texas, a town that nobody has heard about on the other side of the world, would make a difference. But Jenkins says, you know, your little team that came every year from McAllen, Texas, has touched 800 churches. Your ministry has such a That's what God does with, with our little stone and our sling. When we, when we act in faith, when we take a step in faith, the enemy may try to discourage us. He may try to tell us that we have not much to offer. He may try to intimidate us. But remember David's words, the battle belongs to the Lord. The victory belongs to the Lord. Today, we honor dads and granddads who are not intimidated by their giants. We are thankful for dads who've shown up to the battlefield courageously. Some of them are with us. Some of them have already gone on to God's presence, but we honor their memory. We honor their courage. We honor their example. We honor their faith in the God who is victorious and gives us the victory. The story of David is a story of confidence in the Lord. It is a story of courage. It is a story of the underdog defeating the bully. It is a story reminding us that not everything is the way it seems. That we walk by faith, not by sight. I wanna show you one last video testimony. It's from a 16-year-old little girl her name is Bodge. We trained her last year on how to make disciples and she's been going at it. And listen to what she has to say about this. Currently facing uh, in your ministry. Uh, I think one of the challenges is that I'm just a young person. I'm a 16 year old who is really helping a lot of people, especially those who are older than me. And it may seem so awkward and ironic since I am young. <laughs> but in my heart, I believe that when you speak the word of God, there is no age limit. And when you send its message, it is really the message and the exact message. Amen. Yeah. I love that. When you share the word of God, there is no age limit. When you stand on the word of God, your age, your experience, your size, your resources really don't matter because it's not about the armor, it's not about the sword, it's about the God who is with you. It's about the God who gives you the victory. So we learn from David. We assess our giant proportionately from the perspective of faith. We assume our role that God has given us, we claim our identity. And, and, and then we arm ourselves with the armor of God. We arm ourselves with faith. We put on Jesus Christ. He's our savior and he is our deliverer. And then we attack confidently. We step forward. We do what God has called us to do because we trust that he will show up. We show up because he has already shown up. Pray with me. Father, thank you today for reminding us the kind of God that you are. We thank you for David and his courage and faith, his example. 
that as a little shepherd boy, he was willing to face a giant. God, you know the giants that our dads and our grandfathers and our moms and young people here are facing today. I pray that you help us to have the faith and the courage that David had, that we would face our giants knowing that the battle belongs to you, that we would face our battles on our knees knowing that it is in, in prayer that you conquer kingdoms. God, we most of all pray that, that each of our dads, that each of our sons and daughters will put their faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. We know that it's in him that we have salvation, that we have forgiveness, that we have eternal life. So help us to lay down every weapon, every piece of armor, every strategy that the world has offered us as a solution. Help us to lay it down at the foot of the cross. And as we kneel down naked in front of you, help us to embrace the cross. The cross meant to kill is our victory. It's in the blood of Jesus that we have power. So we claim that for ourselves today. In the name of Jesus, for his sake, amen, amen. I'm gonna ask you to stand and, and to respond in faith as we sing. Can we, can we sing Surrounded again? We're gonna sing Surrounded again. And as we sing it, claim, claim the promises of God over your battles, over your giants. Amen? Let's sing.